From the News and Observer in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm Jonathan Alexander. And I'm Jonas Pope IV. And you're listening to Sports Now. All right, welcome back to Sports Now. Uh, we're back after a long break, season two. This is uh, Jonathan Alexander. And I'm Jonas Pope IV. We got Jonas Pope IV, and we have a guest today. He's our intern. His name is Brett. What's up, Brett? How we doing, Jonathan? Good. What's your last name, Brett? Hansel. Hansel. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Time to ask. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, again, we're back. How long you been here, Brett? Yeah, Brett's been here now. Yeah, Brett's been here for a while. I should know his last name. But um, yeah, we're back for another season. We've been on a break. That's why we've been gone for so long. But we're back for another season to talk about some ACC sports, some. Uh, MEAC sports and uh, it's college football. Just general. college football in general. It's, it's the best time of the year. It's the season uh, to be giving. Uh, so, first up, I think maybe the biggest thing that happened recently uh, last night, no, yesterday, uh, UNC coach Larry Fedora was on the David Glenn radio show. And David Glenn asked him, What did he remember? And mind you, UNC is going to play. ECU on Saturday. Uh, and David Glenn asked Larry Fedora about the last time the two teams played. ECU won that game 70 to 41 in 2014. It was pretty ugly. And David Glenn asked him what he remembered about that. And Larry Fedora said, I have no memory of it. I, basically, I don't remember it. It was kind of funny. Uh, so, you know, I felt, you know, it, it, it made a few rounds on Twitter, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, so, yes, definitely. Yeah. So I wanted – we had availability later that night, so I wanted to just ask Fedora about it. Brett, you were there. I mean, it was kind of in joking. I mean, I was half serious. It was half joking, half serious. Yeah, um, I was really curious to see how he was going to respond to that, whether he was going to get angry or change the story. But uh, Yeah. I mean, 70 to 41, that's when you got to remember. So I asked him the question. Some, I don't want to say a lot, but some was made about what you said on David Glenn show that you don't remember the last loss against ECU. Do you really not remember what happened that game? That's what I said, yeah. That's what I said. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, uh, is that like a a selective memory? Like you don't, you want to forget the bad and just move on or what it, what is that? Selective memory, that's probably a pretty good way of putting it. I remember what I want to remember, you know, and uh, block out the things that I want to block out. Anything else? Coach. All right. I will give Larry Fedora a lot of credit this summer. He does not back down from what he says. He doubles down. He, he stands by what he says. Not. So you got to respect that. To Larry Fedora for that. He stands no matter what. He stands by what he says. So I, I took a video of that. I posted it. Uh, when I got home after the availability, uh, it was at about 700 views. I went to sleep. I woke up, and to my surprise, it had went semi-viral. Yeah. 13,000 views, which I was quite surprised about, uh, I must admit. First thing, obviously he remembers. I mean, come on. I, I've, I've talked to a lot of coaches, championship coaches, who have told me that they don't remember the wins, but they can tell you everything about a loss. Mm-hmm. Like, to bring it down to a smaller level, like when we played bas- pick up basketball uh, Fletcher Fletcher Park oh my in the basketball league, like 
when I play well, I'm like, okay, it happened. When I have a horrible day, I can tell you every shot I miss. So I just think any competitor, anybody in sports, they, they, they don't, they can remember the bad. So I don't believe him when he says he doesn't remember. Of course he remembers. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. And then it's a 70 burger. I mean, how many times has he had 70 hung on his head? So of course he, he remembers, but I mean, Blocking out selective memory, whatever. That's, that's all funny games. But of course he remembers. He just met. I think Lord Fedora just likes messing with us. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with it. I enjoy it. I think, I think it's a good back and forth. Yeah. But of, of course he gets a kick out of it, I think. Yeah. And I, I will say the selective memory, I mean, it seems like there would be a lot to learn from a, from a 71 to, from a 70 to 41 loss. I mean, it seems like he should be studying the film of that game. And right. Seeing yeah. what went wrong. And, uh, T- trust me, he, he definitely, you know, remembers that one in the back of his head. I think I was looking at Andrew Carter's story back from 2014, and his comments were something along the lines of, I need to reevaluate the way I coach this program. You yeah. know, that, I think that was probably one of the most humbling defeats they have had, definitely in his tenure. Um, so I think he was joking about it. I mean, he didn't want to talk about it. I'm sure he didn't want to talk about it. Didn't know, didn't, nobody wants to talk about it. Um, Tyler Powell, defensive end. North Carolina uh, said that, you know, any loss leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but when you lose like that, you know, that's a real bad taste in your mouth. And he was there um, back in 2014. He was a a freshman uh, then. So they remember it. Uh, I'm sure they're going to go into this game against ECU on Saturday and try to crush them just like ECU is going to try to crush them. Did you see the comments by the offensive lineman? I did. But before we get into that, let me give you my quick Larry Fedora theory. Okay. All right. A, I've already said, I think Larry Fedora enjoys messing with the media. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of it. But B, I, I really believe that Larry Fedora say, he says these outrageous things. I, I bet you he goes somewhere and laughs about it, has a good joke about it. Mm-hmm. He probably picks up his phone. He probably texts his buddy Mike Gundy. Now, you remember Mike Gundy yeah. at Oklahoma State he, yeah. who had the classic media day uh, podium meltdown probably about almost maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. You do realize at one point Fedora was on his staff yeah. at Oklahoma State. So they're, they're probably buddies. Yeah. They kind of remind me of each other a little bit too. So I'm thinking Fedora's trying to get his Mike, his Mike Gundy moment that'll go viral. Maybe your video will do it, but I think, I think he enjoys just toying with us and having fun at the media's expense of his press conference. And I enjoy it too because yeah. I feel like when he, when he messes with us, it gives us an opportunity and all good heart, hearted fun that mm-hmm. every now and then at press conference, we can ask him some outrageous questions. Yeah. He's always a good sport about it. Yeah. I feel like he has a good back and forth in that regard. Yeah. But my, my theory is he's trying to one up his boy, uh, Mike Gundy <laughs> out of Stillwater. I mean, I think he's, you know, I think he's having fun with it. I mean, fans, you know, aren't taking it, you right. know, aren't too happy about it. But I think, you know, they would have been all right with it three years ago when they were uh, uh, not eight. And five. Well, what were they this season for? Eleven and three. You know, I right. think when you when you come off a losing season like that, they have less patience. But I think Larry Fedora is just being Larry Fedora. Yeah, um, that's what I put yesterday. Fedora being Fedora. Fedora that's being Fedora. Just, we have to accept that's just who he is. Yeah, and I'm okay with. It. I love it. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, but I, I did see the, the statement from the lineman, and I mean, everybody in the state knows we're all from this state. You know, you're part from the western part of the state, but especially in in eastern North Carolina and, and here in the Triangle. That like this is like ECU Super Bowl. Like they look at Carolina, like they feel like Carolina kind of looks down on them, yeah, and treats them like a little brother. Which I think was a comment made a couple of years ago by a Carolina player, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, maybe maybe been Tim Scott in 2014, but. That's how they feel. They always play that chip on our shoulder, disrespect angle. And it's going to be, I mean, you can forget about the A&T game last week. This is going to be a rowdy, rowdy dowdy is what they call it at the stadium. And it's going to be a dog fight. Yeah, I mean, let me see if I can pull up his comments real quick. I mean, 
I think Mark Armstrong might have asked a question. I know the video was by Mark Armstrong. Um, shout out to Mark Armstrong for getting this gold clip. Um, but he said that he hates uh, UNC. Uh, they always think they're better than us. Ooh. Even when we beat, even when we beat them, they were still talking crap. I don't know if we could say that on air, but uh, it seems like we can never get respect from anybody. So the, you know, ECU. I don't know if you paid attention to uh, to Brett the the little rivalry. They they always feel like they're the little brother because NC State, Duke, UNC are the big programs in the area. They get the most respect. ECU's an FBS program. They feel like they should get some respect. So, you know, that's that's some. I was surprised he said those words because UNC tried to take a different route and say it's just another game. Cole Holcomb, you saw him. You saw Cole Holcomb. Yep. right there. You know, it's just another game. I think the reporter tried to. Um, Ask him a follow-up question. He had a serious face. Yeah, just it's such game. a weird balance of those UNC players and coaches either wanting to acknowledge the 70-41 to loss or wanting just to treat it like another game, say, like, we're not worried about playing on the road. Every road game's tough. It doesn't matter that it's an ECU. It seems like as a team, they, they don't even have their whole story straight as, as, to, <laughs> yeah. as to whether uh, it is just another game or if it means something a little more at this point. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because you talked to Cole Holcomb and Tyler Powell. Powell. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those guys are from North Carolina, right? So in their eyes, you know, it might just be another game. But I, I would be curious to see. I believe Holcomb's from Florida. So I, I would be curious to see what the, what the in-state guys will have to say about that. You That's know? really a point, yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's from uh, – he's definitely from Florida. The uh, Powell's from Virginia, so I, I would be, I would be curious to say what to hear what the in-state guys would have had to say about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into this game though. Um, both of this, this is an important game for both teams. Like, like you said, like you alluded to earlier, ECU lost at North Carolina A&T. North Carolina A&T is a good FCS program, but e- but <laughs> ECU is an FBS program, and they are not supposed to lose to an FCS program. And they lost, uh, and they look it looked pretty bad that last play, especially. Oh, that's not a good look, Scotty Montgomery. That's being an offensive minded guy. That was that whole sequence of events was will haunt him if they go over or start out zero and two or whatever the record. If they have a losing record. That one sequence will haunt him for the rest of the year. It definitely will. And then you saw UNC lost. UNC lost to California, and while California is a much better team, um, UNC's offense was absolutely horrible. Uh, they had. Very, I think they had one first down in the first half, six three and outs, and three interceptions, and that's not going to win you ball games. No, not against not against A and T, not against California, not against ECU, <laughs> not against uh, Ravenscroft High School. Shout out to Brett yeah. over here. But um, yeah, turn the ball over. We have, I think, at one point, Elliot had more completions to California players than he had to his own to his own teammates yeah. at one point. I heard, yeah. but yes. But they say the biggest adjustment is made from week one to week two. Yeah. So from both sides, I expect to see a better product on the field. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can throw the whole – I mean, it's a rivalry, so you can throw everything out the window. But yeah. the way both teams performed last weekend is not going to get it done. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see which coach that's, – that's the key thing. Which coaching staff made the better adjustments from week one to week two? So that's, that's really what's going to be the difference, I think. The, I mean, the good thing UNC has going for them is that defense actually looked really good. Now – They'll lo- they're going to lose some key players this week, specifically Malik Carney, who had two sacks, if I'm not mistaken, three or four tackle for losses and eight total tackles. 
that's going to be a big loss. But that defense from the linebackers to the secondary and defensive line, you know, they're good. So that they have that going for them. That offense, I think this is a week that they get back on track. They need to get back on track. Elliott needs to get some confidence. And I don't think he lost confidence because he did a good job in the fourth quarter. But he needs to get even more confidence and knowing he can get going. And, you know, the things that the coach said were – things that they're looking for is for them to execute and them to be more consistent. You know, the offensive line has got to get give Elliott some time back there in the pocket. He was pressured a few times. They've got to open up holes for these running backs. You know, the running game was so – wasn't good at all. wasn't good either. Blame that on the offensive line mainly because Antonio Williams ran hard. But when you have the running game not going, you start to become predictable. You know, it starts to become easy. You got a lot of third and longs instead of third and shorts. Elliott has to throw these passes. You know, it's, it's tough on him. So, UNC's offensive line has to play well. They've got to mix it up. Um, I think they did a good job in that fourth quarter with mixing up the quarterback run in the pass. And I think that, that settled Elliott down a little bit. So, who, let me ask you this. Who Who is it more important for to win this game, UNC or ECU, to, you know, based off? You know. I was, I was going to ask you guys that, but um. – <laughs> Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I, I guess I'm going to counter with a question. Uh, has UNC is listed as 16.5-point favorites. Do you think that's fair or unfair I mean, going into this? I mean, that would seem to suggest that it's more important for UNC to win this game if you if uh, ECU are that much of a, of a home home dog. Then. I think that's fair. That's, yeah, that's a really good point. I think it's 16. You said 16? Yeah, 16. Yeah, I think, I, think, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I mean... ECU can't lose the A&T like that. They can't. And I, I think the Vegas, you know, the Vegas sees that and says, okay, UNC better get this win. And then UNC only lost to California by seven points. Yeah. I mean, it might as well have been 14 or 21 points. But, you know, the defense saved them from that. And I think that ECU's offense, their running game was pretty bad. I think they averaged about, yeah, they averaged about 2.3 yards. Uh, UNC's run defense is pretty good. They gave up a few runs to uh, Patrick Laird against California, but for the most part, he had a. I mean, they did a good job stopping him. He didn't have 100 yards. Um, but if ECU can't run against A&T, they're definitely not going to run against UNC. And I think that is the reason for the 16 and a half point underdog. So UNC better win this <laughs> for sure. I, you know, I think Scotty Montgomery. I think the fans there seem already fed up with him. Well, it's funny that they're, they're pirates because they already had him walking the plank. And, like, if they lose this game, there is, like, they might put him on that ship out there on the field and just, and just push him over right then. Yeah. And, like, I think it boils down to this. Like, this game, it's a 3.30 game. Like, the crowd will be crazy by the time they kick off. And, you know, I've always, I always say this in matchups. Like, adrenaline will keep you going through the first half maybe, but eventually the most talented team will, will, will take over. I think it'll be a competitive first half because ECU, they'll play off the crowd. They'll play off the underdog. They'll play with a chip on their shoulder. But eventually the talent takes over. I think Carolina probably has a you know, ta- more talented roster. And I think they'll, they will cover that spread. Yeah. I hope so, then because I've said it on record. So. <laughs> it's going to be a good game. Um, but before we go to the next topic, because I want to talk about you were at the NC State game. Yes. And I want to know what you saw from that. But before we do that, I have to do a little shout-out. Um, you know, nobody told me whether they uh, signed up for a subscription, but definitely sign up for a subscription. We just wanted to let you all know 
Um, we have a new uh, package for all you out-of-towners, for all you sports lovers, for all you people who don't really read news much and or or are huge sports fans and looking for a discount option. Um, we have something called Sports Pass, and it's an unlimited digital subscription to the News and Observer Sports section. You can read Jonas, you can read me, Joe Giglio, uh, Steve Wiseman, and Brett, and um, Chip as well. And uh, you can read our coverage for $30 a year. And I did the math for you guys. It's $2.50 a month. Uh, we spend uh, $2.50 a month. Um, uh, we spend more money on coffee uh, each day. So I definitely recommend getting that. Please support us. Uh, we work hard to give you the most accurate uh, and best coverage um, around here. So sign up for the subscription. Uh, if you do sign up, let me know or let Jonas know, and I will give you a shout-out on here. And I will also give you the opportunity to come on this show Ooh. and give your spiel. Call, you can call me up. I'll put you on the phone. Give your spiel about why your team is the best team or your thoughts on your team that week. I business, promise. <laughs> business just picked up. I like that offer right there. I <laughs> promise you. just picked up. I will give you that opportunity. As long as you, you know, there's no curse words and stuff like that. You can talk, you know, however you want to talk, but no curse words. But. I promise you that. So, on to the next topic. NC State. Jonas, you were at that game. What was your assessment of NC State versus James Madison? Okay, I'll make it quick. I'll make it simple. Uh, Ryan Finley is really good in the pocket. Find his receivers, can really throw the football. And it is a weapon that NC State should be very thankful they have that he came back. The receivers, he's throwing to a bunch of pro future pros. They were actually missing one. Um, Steph Lewis didn't play because he had to pull a ham minor hamstring injury. Um, he's a future pro. Um, Kelvin Harmon's future pro. Jacoby Myers, I think, is like one of the most underrated receivers in the nation. So I think State can throw the ball against anybody. Running the ball is an issue. They, they only ran for 2.9 yards per carry against James Madison, who's a good FCS opponent, but still James Madison. Running, so running the ball is an issue. Defense, um, the James Madison quarterback pretty much had his way most of the afternoon. At one point, he was like 14 for 14. Jeez. Yeah. I may, I may, that number may be off, but at one point, he hadn't thrown an incompletion for a while. Um, that, that should, that should, should be a concern. I mean, he's a veteran guy. He transferred from the ACC, transferred from Pitt, but I mean, he was, he was doing his thing out there. That, that should be a concern. They, 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 they generated a pretty good pass rush, but he broke containment a few times and, and was able to kind of, uh, kind of freestyle on the go there and, and made some plays, but, Again, it goes back to my original statement from week one to week two. You expect to see a lot of adjustments. Um, you know, the offensive line was their first game for the whole right side of that line together. So they got a jail, a new running back, a freshman tight end who, you know, that, that plays a part in the running game as well. Um, they have Georgia coming in this week. Not Georgia. Oh, wow. That'd be a big game. <laughs> Georgia Southern? Have Georgia Southern come in this week. Um, so that'll give them a chance to, to, to knock out some of those kinks. But if I'm an NC State fan right now, I'm happy about Finley and his receivers. They all look like future pros. Very concerned about the run game or or lack thereof um, last weekend. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the I, the thing I wonder is, can that defense be what it was last year? No, no. <laughs> they they did lose like their whole defense. They lost like and... like nine starters from defense last year. Yeah, asking those guys to to do that again to to any. To duplicate that success would be tough. Now they're they're gonna be good. Like that defensive line they have, I'm sorry, Georgia State. Um, that defensive line that they have, like a lot of those guys got 
big snaps last year and, and played behind those future pros. And, you know, obviously they probably picked up some habits for him from watching them two or three years, but they, they're just not those guys. And they, they can produce, but to expect them to produce at that level right away is asking a lot. But the thing is, they better get it straight this week against Georgia State because the following week, they got Will Greer in West Virginia coming in the house, and he's a Hasman Trophy finalist. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And that's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. There you go. Yeah. So that's, that's going to be tough. And, and might I add, he's from, uh, from Charlotte. the right. Charlotte area. Shout out to the Queen City. That's where I'm from. But um, I really think, though, I think that the uh, with Finley and those and those receivers, that they're going to be good enough to win in some games or keep them around in some games they probably shouldn't be in because they, they're just that good. Like, Finley is like – like the second coming of like Philip Rivers out there. I know that's sacrilegious to say the NC State fans, wow. but yeah, that, that probably was a bit much. I mean, he's, but he was really good. Like I mean, he's, he's been really in the good. in college six years, hasn't he? Oh, that's true, but he's really good. Like I said, he has he's, he's throwing the future pros, and that plays a big part. But the off, that that passing game until the off until the running game comes around, I think that passing game will you know will keep them in some ball games. Yeah, you think Finley will be able to go toe to toe with Will Greer when he comes, or when that game comes around? No. <laughs> Man, Will Greer is good. Will Greer is, but, but Philly is good. I mean, I, I mean, you I had thought about say it. second coming in Philip Rivers. So I, I, I said that, and I, re, I immediately regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, you know what? Yeah, I think he will. I think Philly is. I think his receivers are good enough that, and they're gonna be home. I think he can stand toe to toe and and go pass or pass with Will Greer. I do. Man, On the record, Will Greer is man. That dude is impressive. But I'm telling you, Philly has. He's throwing the three. Future pros. Okay. Like Harmon, Lewis, Myers. Lewis, Lewis didn't even play, right? And Lewis didn't even play. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I, tell, I said Myers. I call him Mr. Reliable. Cause that dude just makes so many plays on third down. I voted I voted for him to um, be ACC Player of the Week, and he won. Myers? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Harmon, what happened to him? I know he was huge last year. He didn't. No, Harmon played. Oh, he, I, th- I think what happened in that game on Saturday. Uh, Myers was just killing. That part. And then James Madison, you know, they watched tape. Oh, so yeah. they, <laughs> they made knew, sure they knew about him, but didn't they, know about Myers. Right, right, right. Yeah, you, know, you can't cover everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. and and then he has a couple of other receivers who are emerging. C.J. Rowley is a six-five receiver who caught his first collegiate touchdown. Uh, Thayer Thomas, f- former walk-on this year, last year this time was a walk-on. He played at a. If I'm not mistaken, that's the same guy who played at Heritage, right? He played at Heritage. And he played basketball. He played basketball and baseball. Let me say this, and I hope Thayer isn't listening to this. Um, I used to play at the YMCA. Oh, you talking about that? And uh, he was nasty at basketball. He crossed me up, and I didn't play there anymore. Um, he was good. Yeah. He was in high school at the time, too. <laughs> I said, you know, I'm not getting crossed up by no more high schoolers. Yeah. No mo. What Birdman say? Yeah. I, I ain't going to say it. No I ain't going to say it no mo. mo. But, yeah, they, so he, he's, he's emerging. So, like, Finley has the weapons. Like, I, didn't, I haven't watched much of West Virginia. I don't, I'm sure Will Greer has some good receivers. He's putting up numbers he's putting up. But and I – I would put Finley and those receivers up against almost anybody. Yeah. So I think it'll be a good shootout. Thayer is a older brother to Drake Thomas, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. He's got a heritage too. It's a it's a big week for the Thomas family. Yeah. 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 Man, it's gonna be good, man. I, it's gonna be some interesting games coming up. I'd be interested to see how far NC State can compete in that um, Atlantic division. Um, but anything can happen, really. So, um, that's. Off our discussion, I did want to send out uh, some inquiries to you fans. Of course, Joe has a yellow pad, and I will not, you know, take the yellow pad. He owns that thing, but I, I have, use the yellow pad. I, I have what I call like a notepad, and I wanted I want to know if you all have some name suggestions of what I should call because I want to do something similar. 
Should I call it the legal pad? Should I call it the white pad? Should I call it the notepad? Or if you have any other suggestions, let me know. Tweet me. Um, that'd be great. I'm going to try to do some more of that. I mean, that's, pr- that's pretty cool. Uh, thanks for listening to Sports Now. Tune in with us next week. I'm Jonathan Alexander. Brad Hansel. Jonas Pope. Signing out.